I've got for my birthday. Sue's oh yeah, mom. happy birthday, late birthday. Yeah, thank you. Sue's mum bought me one of those kind of travel thermos cups, uh-huh. you know, ins- insulated cups that you're supposed to. Oh, no, do you have one to take in the car? Uh, I have like a like a big Starbucks or a few of those Starbucks big kind of mugs, you know, those big thermos things, the handle. And are you talking about more of a cup, like an actual? No, well, it, this it's a tall stainless steel insulated thing. Yeah, we have a couple of those. They're kind of old. We need some new ones, but. Yeah, Sue's mum bought me one for my birthday, and it's great because it keeps a cup of coffee hot for hours. I mean, literally hours. I can make a cup of coffee at lunch at uh, breakfast time, and it can still be drinkable, you know, at lunchtime. It's uh, it's great. I remember years ago when we first went to the states. This was the first trip. My brother, one of my brothers, was uh, he was living and working in Hoboken, <laughs> New Jersey, and. We went over there, and Alex was only little, and because of the time difference and stuff, he was still, you know, waking up at the normal time. So Sue would, you know, to, to, don't make any noise around the apartment. It, she'd take him out to the to the little park on the corner, um, and was fascinated by the fact that people would be getting up in the morning, um, you know, walking with these, you know, what look, look like big coffee cups, and you know, going to Dunkin' Donuts or something, and then coming back with like you know, new coffee. We couldn't fathom it because you know this was. I don't think I'd ever seen a Starbucks in the UK at that point. You know, people didn't go out for coffee at all. And we were like, why don't they just make it at home? <laughs> right. How, what is it now? Well, now there's, there's Starbucks on every corner and, you know, we have other other chains. Um, what else do we have? We have Costa's and we have Cafe Nero and they're all, you know, big chains. I don't think we have anything else that that you have. Who oh, some other coffee brands in the states? Pete's, I suppose. Yeah, Pete's Coffee. Um, don't have that. Yeah, I mean, there's like Seattle's Best and things like that. Things here on the West Coast. That's still Starbucks, though, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, and then of course here in Portland we have you know Portland Roasters and Stumptown Coffee, which is really good. Yeah, here in Portland, the Northwest, we love our coffee. I didn't get to Portland on the last road trip. We, you know, we did a, a little kind of four thousand mile drive around the northwest, um, you know, via Seattle as well. But we kind of by, we bypassed Portland actually because we went out. <laughs> oh god, I'm trying to remember this now. We drove down from Seattle and Olympia uh-huh. in that area, which was really nice. And Alex had been reading all of those Twilight books. Oh, this yeah. is before the movies, right? So he wanted to go out to Forks, Washington, which was the most miserable place we've ever <laughs> been. What time of year was it? Was it summer? Yeah, it was summer, yeah. It was, yeah, yeah I don't know, July, June, July, something like that. Probably so rainy, isn't it, in the middle of the rainforest or something? It was rainy, it was foggy. I've got some great photos, but it just was dismal for like a week. We t- Perfect setting for a vampire series, I suppose. But... It wasn't the kind of perfect end to the to the holiday <laughs> that we were having. So yeah. we'd, we'd been there a couple of days and everything was wet. We're in the RV and you know everything is wet. And there's just, there's no room to you know, hang anything up to dry. So we're just sitting there one day thinking, screw this. Let's, let's go to the, where it's sunny again. <laughs> so we checked out the weather forecast and it was sunny in Boise, Idaho, which was our kind of end destination. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no. So, how many days is it going to take us to drive to the sun? And it's like two days. We've like literally, we, we'd allocated a week, I think it was, for this kind of final leg of the trip. And it's like, screw this, we're just going to get there. We're going to drive 
endlessly. So we drove for two solid days to get back to Oregon and uh, to get back to uh, to Idaho. Yeah. And the sun. Ah, oh, it's great. So we, we missed Portland altogether, unfortunately. So you just kind of took, probably just went through western Washington or eastern Washington down to Boise then? Or did you go through the gorge? Uh, can't remember now. We, we actually came down, we, we clipped Portland because that was our, that was our route. So we came down that far, but we just didn't stop in the city. We just literally went so straight you prob- past. Oh yeah. So you probably did the bypass and then went down, went through the, um, Columbia Gorge was probably the, one of the coolest parts of Oregon and Washington, I think. Everybody laughs about, um, Idaho. Whenever we mention going to Idaho, everybody just goes, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to Boise. Yeah. Cause we, when we came into the country, um, usually you get a bit of a grilling at immigration, you know, people, you know, the, the immigration guys always, you know, ask you 20 questions about what you're doing in, you know, what are you coming to do in the U S <laughs> and this time we flew into JFK and we were going from JFK to, uh, Salt Lake city and then up to Boise. Right. So we get to JFK and the guy looks at our first night's destination, which is in Boise. And he just says, you here to see some potatoes? <laughs> yeah. And we, and we went, yep. And he went, okay. <laughs> and like stamped the passes. And then we were on our way. It's like the easiest entry to the US. You enjoy those potatoes. <laughs> what are you going to do in Boise? <laughs> I've been through there. I haven't been actually in Boise. It's a lovely city. Yeah. Well, I, lo- I liked it there. I liked it there. We started off there and then we finished there and we did the big kind of 4,000 mile trip in so did between you, did you drive from new york all the way to salt lake or no no we flew so so from salt lake city did you where did you go from there well what we did was we 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 drew uh, we flew into jfk and then we uh hopped on a, the connecting flight then to salt lake, then to salt lake city and up to boise where we had our first night stop and then we picked up the rv the following day and I then drove that, and we went down to the salt, la- salt flats at Bonneville. Okay. So into northern uh, Nevada, across to Salt Lake City, and then all the way up through Wyoming. We went to Cody. We did Yellowstone. Um, we cut across Yellowstone right the way through, up into Montana, up to Billings. Had wow, the- that's a craziest cup of coffee with some guys it was like a, a geek i was sort of tweeting along the way we had a website um looking for yogi.com is the domain if anybody wants to go read about our, <laughs> our road trip and uh some guy just tweeted us i forget his name now dave something or other it's like i'll meet you for coffee in billings when you're passing <laughs> so that's what we did we just stopped off in like a coffee shop along the way and then we drove all the way across montana right the way into Washington and Seattle and then down through Olympia to Portland and back to, back to Boise. I'm on the site right now. 3,000 miles, six states. Yeah, it's an old silly website now, but... It's kind of fun. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Well, we, I just had this lame idea that we'd go looking for Yogi Bear, which we did in Yogi Bear's campground, which is somewhere in Washington. I forget where it is now. One of them. I'll put a link to some of the pictures on the website. But yeah, so we did actually find Yogi Bear, <laughs> which was great. Pretty cool, yeah. I yeah, we I still haven't been out to like the Grand Canyon or things like that, or even Yellowstone. And we keep my wife and I keep me- meaning on going, but just haven't had a chance. You done a road trip? I've driven when I was in college a few times. I've driven out to from Portland out to um, uh, Nashville, and then and then I and then I drove from Nashville. 
down to Texas a few times, and then once I drove up to uh, Massachusetts. So I've I've driven all over the country, uh, but just not recently. I mean, we've we've driven down to California to L.A. once or twice. Yeah, I like road trips. We just haven't done them in a lot. I should explain to anybody that's listening, just so I don't get any complaints, that I'm talking with I'm talking I'm talking with you, Josh Cleland, t- today. Because there's some people apparently that don't read the show notes; they just kind of put podcasts on autoplay. Yeah, so, like who's this guy? <laughs> I know, and I get and I get people writing in going, "Who is this guy?" So it's Josh Cleland today, everyone. Do you like country music? Go to Nashville. Is that why you went? No. Oh. No, 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 that's not why I went to Nashville. Um, do I like country music? Uh, depends. I don't really listen to it. I listen to it when I'm with my brother and my cousins, and they listen to it, and I enjoy it then. But I've tried listening to it myself, and I just can't get into it. Like when I'm working or something, or just, or just I don't know, I'm just not getting the right country music or what. I just The only country music I've actually listened to in the past was Garth Brooks. Other than that... Oh, I'm not a. Yeah. <laughs> you cannot get Garth Brooks on iTunes or Spotify or anything. Mm. I was, so yeah, I get that same reaction whenever I mention that. <laughs> I'm getting ready to write my. I, I do this. Well, I've, I've done it once, but I'm going to do it again. Um, my top country albums of the year podcast uh, uh, blog post because I think it's quite strange because you know Englishmen listening to country music. <laughs> I've heard you tweet about it. <laughs> And sometimes I wonder if it's the same music. I don't know who's going to win the best album of the year yet in my silly little list. But who's the top? Who's uh, front runners? Uh, has to be Casey Musgraves. She wrote uh, there's an album called Same Trailer Different Park, which is really, really, really good. Love that title. <laughs> yeah, and of course, it's it, there's songs on there about RV road trips and stuff, so that kind of ties in. And uh, who was the Pistolanis had their second album out was that was out this year, which. It's not as good as the first one, but, you know, still better than a lot. So no no bloody Garth Brooks. Well, I will have to check that blog post out when you post it. Um, I don't know. I just haven't really made a conscious effort to like country. It's not that I've said I don't like country in my mind. I just haven't really given it a ch- chance. Well, we started listening to it back on our first road trip, and it was a bit of a joke, really. Because <laughs> well, it's great road trip music, really, especially yeah. Yeah, no, it's brilliant. Um, and we weren't going anywhere. We kind of, you know, we weren't going anywhere near, near Nashville, but we just thought, oh man, we'll just play some silly country music and liked it. And you know, since then we've become quite. Oh man, a new Casey Musgraves album out. <laughs> so no, I'll put some links in the notes. I tell you what, there won't be though. There won't be any country Christmas albums on there because <laughs> that's that's the one thing about country music scene that I. I, I find that I don't like much is that kind of over sentimental, um, you know, oh, it's Christmas style country music albums. <laughs> actually, there is one as Blake Shelton's Christmas album from last year was actually pretty good, but so much of it is like really cheesy, over sentimental American country music. A lot of Christmas music is like that. I'm just looking at what I actually have here. I have a, oh man, I have the Sugarland Christmas album. Oh Jesus, where did this come from? Sounds of the Season, Taylor Swift. I think I'm actually just going to hit delete on that because I don't think <laughs> I've ever listened to that. Oh God, she does Last Christmas. Maybe I can cut a bit in just to really annoy the listeners. So do you listen to Christmas music then? Oh, I try not to, but I listen to kind of country Christmas albums as the closest that I can get to Christmas music. Because Sue gets into, she loves Christmas. Right? She, I love she, listening to Christmas music. That's why I ask. I, from November 1st, well, maybe not November 1st, but 
See, the problem is, is lately, well, I, you know, I have to do a lot of, you know, Christmas stuff, you know, for clients, you know, come October, November, I have to listen to Christmas music if I'm going to do this stuff. Otherwise, it's just not going to come out right. So there's my excuse. That's a pretty good one. Right. You know, I mean, I, you know, people say, well, after Thanksgiving, that's kind of the official. Well, I suppose you've got a business reason to. Right. To listen well, to. And, and I usually start off with um, the Vince Guaraldi, the classic, you know, Charlie Brown Christmas CD. I mean, I could listen to that all year round. I mean, that's just, that's good music, whether it's Christmas or not. Um, and then, you know, listen to that about 20 times and then I'll move on. <laughs> Now, Sue, Sue really gets into Christmas. I mean, especially now that, you know, Alex is away and he's coming home. So, you know, there's an extra kind of added reason to get excited about the holidays. Oh, yeah. Me, I'm a bit of a, I'm a, bit of a Grinch, actually. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine? I bet listeners, no, no, they cannot imagine me grumbling and groaning and complaining about Christmas. Sometimes Can't I do. Can't imagine it. Sometimes I do. It's just... What about <sighs> Christmas movies? I don't think I've ever seen one. See, I remember back when we were talking about this website redesign... You always have me watch movies um, that I either have never seen before or haven't seen in a long time. Like when we did the uh, the very first project together, the the mods, and uh, you had me watch Quadrophenia. So I need to have you watch movies that I introduce you to, like A Christmas Story. Yeah. Have, have you heard of that one? I have heard of that, and I've you never seen it. You need to watch that. You need to watch that, A Christmas Story. That is a classic. What's the other one that people go apeshit over? It, it's A Wonderful Life. It's a Wonderful Life. That's a good one. Never That's seen a long that one. Uh, Christmas Vacation. Chevy nope. Chase. Nope. Santa Claus the Movie. Never seen that. Um, that's, um, Does Home Alone count? Yes, that counts. Love Home Alone. I, that's, uh, that's one of my favorites. It's not one of my wife's favorites. It's one of our beefs over the holidays. Yeah, so I'm trying to think what else. So you've got to at least check out A Christmas Story and Christmas Vacation. Those two. Send me some links. Writing it down. Are you good for presents? Are you a good thinker? Are you a sensitive man? Do you listen? Um, oh, gosh, probably not. <laughs> I'm bloody hopeless. I went shopping this week. Actually, I had a, a, a meeting in Birmingham, Birmingham, as you might say. And I went down there and thought, right, well, I'll take a couple of hours after the meeting and just do some shopping because it's a lovely kind of city centre and you know, lots of nice shops downtown. Right. So I went down there, did a little bit of shopping, but mainly I bought things for myself, which is kind of defeating the object, really. I spent half the time in the Apple store just going, oh, well, I'll have one of those. Yeah, that's <laughs> my problem. <laughs> and then I went into, um, oh, I needed a pair of boots. So I went, I went to the Dr. Martin's store. You have those, the Dr. Martin's boots? Uh, I know we used to. I, haven't, I don't know if we still do. Hmm. Anyway, I love them. It used to them. be a Dr. Martin's downtown, yeah. I love them. So I went in there and I chose myself a really nice pair of Dr. Martin boots, cause, which I've wanted for ages. I bought some shoes not too long I ago. I do have a pair of Doc Martin boots. They're very nice. There. And I bought the shoes a few months ago and they're just really comfortable. So I wanted to buy a pair of boots. So anyway, I bought them, very pleased, struggled home on the train with, you know, all of my boxes of shopping. Get up. Uh, this morning to uh, you know to go out, I thought I'm going to put my boots on. Got all excited, so I hadn't got them out of the box since we came home. So uh, I pulled these boots out of the box and started putting them on my feet. And at that point, I realised that in the box there was a size eight and a size ten. <laughs> I think I remember you tweeting about that. <laughs> a size eight left <laughs> and a size ten right. I'm like, damn, how does this happen to me? <laughs> what do you do? Do you like send them back, or because you're 
Well, I bought them in a store. And it means me taking them back to us and exchange them in a store. I'm not going to go all the way back to Birmingham, but there's um, the closest store is in Liverpool, which is like an hour drive away from here. Uh, so I think that's what I'm going to have to do. I'd, I'd sent a tweet to them, actually. So let's see what they, if they come up with something different. But it's not like I bought them online. I can just, you know, send them postage back and send them back. <laughs> yeah. Fun. Anyway, disappointed. Just wear one books. of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, just mix and match. I could wear both of them. But, you know, really? one would be... No, well, because the eight's the right size. I could just pad out the bigger one. But that would that would be silly. Yeah. Yeah, so Christmas is not my... It's not my favourite time of year. But um, I'm looking forward to Alex coming home, which is going to be nice. Yeah, that'll be fun, I bet. So we should, before we get talking about... Get sort of deep in conversation, should we, uh, should we get the sponsor out of the way? Sure. Mm, it's Device Lab this week. Did you were you on the show last time we were talking about these guys? No, I it can't wasn't. Remember. It was I think it was Harry Roberts. Yeah, this is this is a really interesting product. It's from the people that brought us Ghost Lab. But it's not a software product this time. It's it's hardware. In fact, it's a portable device lab. Um and you know, I'm not kidding. It, it just looks looks amazing this thing. So, I'm sure you know that one of the problems with designing and device testing on responsive designs is that you've got like a stack of devices you've got multiple smartphones tablets scattered across your desk i've got what have i got here now three i got the ipad mini with the retina display a month ago oh that's amazing what's your uh uh android do you have an android uh i sold the little google nexus the first generation nexus uh, and i haven't replaced that yet i don't know what with i've got a, a really scabby samsung galaxy first generation thing which um, isn't really um, isn't really doing me any good. So I've been trying to sell it actually, but nobody seems to want it. So yeah, you know, you've got this stuff lying around your desk, and you know when you're testing or when you're designing, you have to pick them up and you put them down just to see how your design's looking. And they all need to stay powered up as well. I've got I actually had to tie all my little lightning cables together. You know with those um, what do you call those like little wire tie things that you get on like freezer bags. Those things. Those twisty pack things? Twisty pack things, exactly. Those kind of things. So I've got those trying to keep my... That's, that's my cable management strategy, right? Is those little twisty things. And you know, I, I, I hate having cables lying around, so I don't like the, the spaghetti. And then, you know, if you work in a team, I suppose, you've got to share devices with other people, or maybe you need to take the test rig to a client site for a demonstration. Um, things can just get really messy. So that's where Vanamco's device lab comes in because it's pretty cool it's really cool it's a stand that's small enough to sit on your desk and it looks good as well and it can hold an average of four to seven devices so phones and tablets depending on the size and then you attach them with velcro hook and loop on the back and they stay securely securely in place in the stand and that's important because the stand can be used in either portrait or landscape orientation like a phone or a tablet so you can test your devices in one orientation and you swing the whole case around and test it in the other. Really clever, That's actually. pretty cool, yeah. I'm looking at the pictures right now. It's really good. And cable management's built in, so that takes care of the spaghetti. Now, I know it might sound odd that a company that we all know for making really good software uh, starts making hardware, but Andy at Fernamco, he started off as a product designer, so he's used to making hardware. And this thing looks great. It's going to look really great next to your computer. You're not going to want to kind of keep it tucked away. Now, I actually haven't seen one of these in the in the flesh yet just only in pictures but i've got one on order so i'm hoping hoping to get it in time for christmas uh, the price is 149 dollars plus shipping i imagine 
Or, best thing to do, spend $20 more and you buy one that includes a license for Ghost Lab as well. And, yeah, that's a good deal because Ghost Lab's normally $49. So you go to devicelab.vanamico.com and get your own device lab. I just love really simple ideas, um, well executed. It is pretty cool, yeah. It's... It looks good. You know, I think it's going to look really nice sort of stood up. I'm going to get Neil, our um, kind of odd job man, to put a little shelf kind of really low down behind my desk. Because at the moment, uh, to the side of me, I've got loads of little hard drives. You know, I've got RAID drives and backup drives and old media and stuff like that. And they're all just sitting on the side of the desk. So I'm going to get him to put like a low shelf underneath the desk just to tuck all that stuff away. And then I'll have room for the device lab on the side. It's going to look great. Oh, yeah, I bet. Device lab. Go and get one of those and uh, support the show by supporting them, as we always say. So, most important news of the week... I suppose we made a website. <laughs> I suppose we did. It was a long time coming. When did we start actually talking about? First, emailed me over the Fourth of July because um, I was remember I was camping. I got your email. I was like, awesome! Another another uh, set of wacky illustrations. So what's that? July, August, September, October, end of November. So four months yeah. really. I think we didn't really get started working on it until um, I want to say September. Or October. No, maybe September. It was maybe late August, early September. So, but I think that you'd done at least some early, early sketches before then, didn't you? Or was it was yeah, it about probably, September? Yeah. One of the nice things about doing what we did was that I had an idea in my mind as to what I wanted the crazy apes header to do, but I didn't know how it was going to be uh, implemented, executed. So you did a load of really early rough sketches of the you know the chimp and, the, and, the, and a few little gorillas and then i used that in my html css comps for well for ages kind of like placeholders and to make sure things work and yeah hey property yeah yeah and that was really useful actually and we did the same thing back with the mods and we probably did it also for the uh uh madness stuff too yeah this one felt this one felt the most ambitious though i think because I wanted to do something insane with it, really. I wanted to do something that I didn't think people would expect, in a way. I don't know. I hope that our target audience of people who want us to design and build websites, um, you know, are gonna are gonna like it. They're gonna see the the humour, hopefully. But it was it was it was pretty ambitious, and I mean, I I, I love the way this turned out. I think it's I think it's the best one we've done. Oh yeah, definitely. It's it's. Definitely the biggest, and you know, <clears throat> yeah, I really like it. I, 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 I've been so busy lately, I haven't been able to post any portfolio stuff, but I can't wait to post it or even just the blog. But uh, I've been posting, I did a few stuff on Dribble. It seems to have gone down really well, actually. We've had some good feedback from you know, from our fellow geeks about it, <laughs> and people are finding the Easter eggs all the time. I'm not even sure if I know all the Easter eggs, do I? Yeah, they're not all in there, actually. I had an idea for a bunch more, and I just ran out of time implementing yeah, it. I got the, I got the, fo- there's the focus change. Do I need, should we, should we not talk about all these? Yeah, things? maybe people just leave people to find it. But the focus thing, yeah, if you can find the focus thing, that's actually really cool. Um, yeah. There's a bug in the code. Um, there's another focus state which needs to be fixed. I haven't got around to that yet. Yeah, no, people seem to have liked it. And literally, um, I got a call from an agency literally the afternoon 
that the, the site went live and they were like, yeah, we really love the website and it made us, it made us laugh. And, you know, that's why we gave you a call. And it was like, well, we only, we, we only launched the site two hours ago. And I'm like, oh, wow. So you know, hopefully that's, that's job done. Good to hear. But I think it's, uh, yeah, we had to, we, we did a whole redesign of, of everything, you know, new typography, new layout. We upgraded the CMS. We did a whole load of stuff. So it wasn't just the apes that were a challenge. Yeah. And I was looking at, um, kind of your uh, portfolio. And then your blog and how you mentioned uh, there's a three megabyte iOS limit. I think I, you also tweeted about it the other day. Yeah. Now, this this was thing, just talking about optimizing for a minute. Yeah. Um, yes. I mean, I'll talk about optimizing the apes and what we had to do in a minute, but sort of, yeah, skipping ahead. We added, I added, <laughs> I added in those those portfolio pieces this week because we, we didn't have time to, to do case studies for everything um, in the run up to the launch. So I added just a couple just to, you know, make it make sense and then i added in another four this week and i realized that one of the things that we were doing we were putting in the, the first part of any case study was like a big image of the home page of whatever we were working on right like or not a full screen grab because you know footer and all that would have been too much but you know pretty decently sized image and a lot of them uh there's a lot of flat artwork graphics so i wanted to do them as pngs because you know, you, you're going to get a sharper edge, I think, with a PNG than, you know, if you export it as a JPEG. So that was why I was using PNGs. Right. And they look great. Although the other thing, of course, was that I've got, I've got a Retina MacBook Pro now. So everything's Retina as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> so oh, yeah, I do. I look, I'm getting really picky about uh, soft images. So we went for uh, two times size uh, even the inline images, you know, the portfolio images, they were just like double the normal size. And they look brilliant on the Mac. And then when I open them up on my uh, Retina MacBook Pro, uh, sorry, my Retina iPad, the, they just weren't appearing. And I was like, what the hell? So I swapped them out for another image and it worked. And I swapped them out for, and one of those images was a JPEG. So that kind of told me something. And then I did a bit of reading and it turns out, yeah, iOS has a, a three megapixel limit. So it's not just the file size of a PNG. It's the actual number of pixels, megapixel size, <laughs> which, I mean, who knew about that? How long did it take you to figure that out? Well, a, a, a couple of hours, you know, because yeah. the usual, my usual trial and error bug fixing method is to swap out images, re-export them, just basically trial and error because I don't, I don't have a very methodical brain. And... Probably first just curse the computer and... Yeah, well, I was thinking, you know, is there an extra space that I can't see? Or maybe something's got corrupted when I optimize the images or something like that. I didn't, I didn't know. I had no bloody clue. And then I just had this hunch, actually. I don't know what it was. I had this hunch that maybe it was something to do with perhaps a size limit. So literally, I googled iOS file size limit or something like that. And it came back with the Safari developer library. Yeah. And that's where the answer was. But one of the things that I wanted to that's do... those quite interesting. Yeah, those portfolio pieces, they are really, really heavy. So when we put the portfolio out earlier on this week, we just run everything through... All the images were two, 2x. We'd run everything through JPEG Mini and um, Image Opt-in, which is the like a, a PNG compressor optimizer strips out color profiles and you know lots of crap in a file makes things a lot smaller so we've done all of that and pushed them all up online um and it wasn't until a couple of people started tweeting me that i thought well, how big is the whole portfolio so 
I measured that folder <laughs> and it was <laughs> 18 megabytes for six pages. Wow. I know. I'm thinking, oh man, that's too much. So somebody sent me a tweet with a, a link to a post by Dave Rupert on, uh, on a list apart. What does he call it? Mo Pixels, Mo Problems. Uh, that you wrote last year. And in the article, he said, well, maybe not, maybe all images don't have to be two times. Maybe you can get away with a slightly smaller. I mean, what one X is going to look gritty and, and pixelated on a, on a retina machine, but maybe you don't one and a half, maybe one and exactly one and a half. So what I did was I've gone for one and a half now, and I've actually made the folder. Now it's less than nine meg. So it's less than half what it was just by going from 2x to 1.5. The only thing is, quite a lot of the, the little um, images, they've got little colour chips in them, which are like little coloured squares. And if I'm being really, really picky, I can see just a small amount of anti-aliasing on the edge of the, um, on the, edge of the squares. Right. They're not as crystally sharp as, as, as they were before. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm just going to keep just upping the percentage, upping the, the scaling. Just until that looks sharp. Just to sharp. see, find that. Could you do maybe just that one? I mean, is it on all the images or is that just an example? No, some of them you really can't tell the difference. I mean, and, and certainly I don't think that normal people would, would, would see the difference. They're not, they're not... For instance, maybe like the big splash image, keep that at one and a half. And then maybe some of these smaller ones kind of bump those up to kind of... That's my plan. Basically, yeah, that's the plan. And it, it, it wasn't an approach that I'd really heard much about before. And it's got me thinking now about, you know, the, the one particular illustration on the Evolve Beyond page, and it's the big splash image at the top of the screen. Now, you would think that because that's lots of areas of flat color, that it would be absolutely ideal for a PNG, and it is. So when I started to put it into um, Image Optim to get the file size down, a lot of the ways of doing that, you, you reduce the number of colors in the image. So I, I take it down to 256 and then uh, to 64 and then to 32. And then interestingly, I thought, I'm going to take it to 16 because I'm sure that there's no more than 16 colors in this. So I took it to 16 and the center of the little, there's a rocket on there. I'll put a link in the notes. The little window in the rocket really then starts to um, get very dotty. I don't know what the technical term is. It's uh, dithered. looks really dithered. And that's the only part of the whole illustration that looks bad. So it got me really thinking, do you know what? We shouldn't do optimization at the end of the process. We should do bloody optimization like while I'm designing the page. Because if I'd have known that when I was designing the site, I would have got Sue to smooth out that window so that it was a single flat color. Um, and then I'd be able to take it from, you know, 32 to 60, 16 colors. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of people think about optimization as something that you do at the end. It's kind of a whole thing. Yeah, um, I should have thought about it at the beginning. And I noticed the uh, the on that same site, you ha the mobile, the iPhone version or whatever, the uh, illustration has a white background instead of the blue. Yeah. I mean, it looks visually nice, but is that also for optimization as well? Does that make it even smaller? Yeah, it does. Because it doesn't have the big blue background. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And also, the repeat is a lot smaller as well. You know, the, the little arrangement of, of elements in the background. Yeah, yeah. Because um, we were just talking about little, small, little blue lines, yeah. Did quite a bit of optimizing, you and me, for the apes, though, from the beginning. Yeah. I mean, I you know, I exported them as the uh, SVGs. Um <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny just because I, 
I don't know too much about SVGs because my illustrations are very complex. So I, I just figured because I I know they're basically vector format in the browser, correct? Is yeah. Kind of how they. It's an XML format. Yeah. So I just figured all those paths and everything. It's almost like useless to. <laughs> but. But I thought it would be very interesting just to see, just to see how they, how far it, it could go. The problem with the SVGs is that actually, yeah, the paths are quite complicated. And even though um, you would think that, you know, a, a vector format or something like that would be smaller, they turned out to be, the, the individual SVGs turned out to be actually quite a lot bigger than the optimized PNG versions. Even yeah, if you yeah. in, if you even if you include you know two sets for retina and non retina, um, the SVG still came out bigger because of the the complexity of the paths. But yeah, also, yeah. also if you remember when you were designing the apes, we said you know let's let's go for flat color this time. Let's go for much much fewer gradients. I think there's no gradients in the in the gorillas. There's a little bit of there's some gradients and a little bit of uh, extra texture in the big chimp. And that's actually goes back to your optimization point where you kind of approach it from an optimization point of view at the beginning. Because so the other ones we I, we just went hog wild just with the uh, effects and the you know all the shading and styling and gradients like with the madness illustrations and the. But yeah, we definitely learned something from those. Well, this new site is actually a hell of a lot lighter in in general file size than the previous one because I actually hadn't quite <laughs> realized how heavy the um the the madness figures were. So even this ridiculous ape's head <laughs> is smaller. <laughs> it's lighter. I mean, it's massive. You, I mean, one of the Easter eggs is you, you take this up to just under the maximum width of a 27 inch iMac, and that header is 950 pixels tall. Yeah, it's, it's like, like <laughs> there it is. <laughs> well, you know, I'm just gonna go. You know, I'm just gonna go ape shit. Um, yeah. <laughs> for the big one. See what I did there. Um, but actually, uh, so, yeah. the whole thing is so much lighter. I think there's half the number of eight. HTTP requests. Um, the page itself is loads in half the time than the previous page did, and it's something like a megabyte lower in file size than the previous homepage. Yeah, when you when you launched it, I was in the airport, so I uh, I, don't, I can't remember if I was even connected to Wi-Fi. Uh, I might have been LTE, but I was. It loaded like really fast on my iPhone, at least the mobile version of it. Well, there was only one one little dissenting voice of criticism where I saw some kind of snarky tweet from somebody saying, you know, huh, if only they'd spent more time on performance than they had on variable focus gorillas. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay, so. But actually, I'm really pleased because, the you know, it, it is faster. <laughs> and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that we thought about optimization right from the beginning. That's not to say, though, that I'm not going to do SVG. There is... Um, I've got a version on the way, which is just going to be um, an SVG, basically an SVG experiment. Because I want, I used SVG for all the icons, and we went away from using icon fonts. I made an NSVG sprite for, right, yeah. for all of the little icons, so they work. And that's what, and that's what like SVG is supposed to be for, isn't it? Like that's what it's kind of built for—is more of the simpler graphics and logos and things like that. I think so. I think so, but. I am gonna I am gonna put out an SVG version of it. It probably won't go on the main the main homepage, uh, but I think it will be a good a good experiment because oh, yeah. SVG is pushing the mold. 
Yeah, well, you know, this, this is one of the things. This, the, the site's got two purposes, really. It's a home for, you know, what I do in terms of, you know, blogging every now and again, you know, promoting the podcast. And therefore, it's got a kind of a geek audience. And one of the things that I like to do, and I know it's self-indulgent, right, but I wanted to do something that would make geeks talk about it. You know, and I want to make people, you know, smile. Right, and I, yeah. And I love the fact that, that geeks still kind of, you know, delve into the code and they'll send me tweets saying, you know, do you really hate Tim Van Damme? <laughs> <laughs> I had one the other day. It's like, are you still doing that? Is, this, is that not, is that, is that joke too old now? <laughs> so I, I like, I like it from that point of view. You know, I, ha- I have the kind of the, the geek audience. Um, but also, you know, the most important audience is, you know, people that I want to hire me, right? Right, yeah. And, you know, I want those to, I want those people to be, you know, startled by the page. You know, it's, it's funny, I, a couple of weeks ago, uh, just before we were launching it, I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I don't do much local business. You know, I don't do much, not just North Wales, but I don't do much, you know, kind of business in my local area. Not that I particularly want to, but. It's just you know, over the years, we've just done less and less and less. Right. But I thought, yeah. I know what I'll do is I'll just do a Google search. I'll see who else is around um, these days and, you know, see what their sites are like. And literally, well, I'll talk about branding and stuff in a minute, but there's so many of, of, of the sites from kind of local agencies, local web designers, they're all pretty much the same. I have to say, there's so much similarity. And by the time you've seen two or three or four or five or six of them, you forget what the third one looked like. Um, and I just don't want people to forget this. It's like, who did you hire? Well, we hired the Crazy Apes people because, you know, they did a memorable thing. And, you know, it got me it got me thinking, really, about personal branding, in a way, because it's really hard, isn't it, to, to do stuff for yourself. You know, we spend all day, all week, um, you know, solving somebody else's problems. And then when it comes down to our own, we're, like, brain dead. Yeah, I mean, that's... That's the thing. It's I. Uh, there's your visual branding, and then there's just your the branding about how you do business and you know, your reputation and things like that. You know, the visual branding. It's it's probably probably my weakest. You know, I I would love to like continue to re- rework my br- visual branding, my logo, and things like that. And and I've heard other artists say the same thing, or other designers say that the weakest part of their thing on their website is their own, you know, is their own logo or the their own thing, you know. Um, this is what I've heard people say. Yeah, so it's 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 a it's like we spend so much time on on others, other clients' stuff, and then we kind of neglect our own. And it's hard it's hard to, for at least for me to justify time to. And I know this is wrong, but to justify time to work on my own personal brand. I mean, there, there's there's I go through periods, you know, especially in the slower periods where I'll like completely revamp my website, just kind of like what you did. But I feel guilty the entire time. Because, you know, I'll spend an entire day or two working on my own website. I'm like, I should be working on client stuff or, you know, and and I know that's not necessarily correct. I think it's important that we remember that it's just as valuable. In fact, it's probably more valuable from our own business point of view anyway, to work on our own stuff. Yeah, I I agree 100%. I mean, and also nowadays, you know, with so much social media, like with Instagram and things like that, it just becomes like an extension of that. Very important. I think one of the things that that gets me uh, often, and this is something that I've tried to work on with the new site, is that 
we forget sometimes that actually what we're trying to do is we're trying to tell a story to our potential customer or you know, potential audience. Right. And, you know, that story is about who we are and what we, and why we do what we do generally kind of personal principles or business principles in a way. And what a lot of people do. And I saw this when I was, um, doing a, a bit of digging around with, with, with the local businesses. And I was talking to with a, a, a friend of ours come around yesterday. Um, he's a developer. He's going to be doing a, a whole load more work with us in the new year. And he was showing us the, the design for, for his site, which he's working on. And so much of that and so much of what other people do is they focus on what they do, but they don't talk about why they do it. Right. And, the, you know, they... They're focusing on, you know, well, we, 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 we design websites. We, you know, we do illustration. We do SEO. We do, you know, development. We do CMSs. We do all this kind of stuff. And it's like, you know, we, 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 all just about the stuff, but there's no story behind that. There's no kind of compelling reason which, which says to you, um, well, I should choose these people because, um, not just because, you know, they say they're great, but because, you know, they've, they've told their story. I can imagine what the experience of working with them is like. Right. Well, the cool, yeah. And the, you know, when you really tell a compelling story like that, the clients kind of want to be a part of that story. You know, when they hire you, they're excited about being part of that, you know, that experience. Um, exactly. I mean, you know, that's one thing, obviously, with this apes and all, you know, the previous websites is kind of this quirkiness, this, you know, they want to... They, clients that hire you probably want to be a part of that. They kind of expect that in the process, you know. I'd hope so. And one of the things, going back to the portfolio, though, is that we thought about this. First of all, we thought about, well, what work are we proud enough to put in the portfolio? You know, what says, what work represents, you know, the type of work that we want to get, right? Because a lot of people, you know, it took me a while to realize anyway that, the work that you want to get is the work that you show off in a way. So, you know, if you, sh- if, if you show off a load of e-commerce work, nine times out of 10, that's the work that you're going to attract. Yes. Because, yeah. you know, a lot, a lot of people, they've got no imagination. So <laughs> they think to themselves, <laughs> I need a website designer. Oh, look, he's, he's done a site that's similar to my business. So, you know, he must know what he's doing. Um, oh, he's done a lot of hotels. I run a hotel. He thought there, he's the guy to go to, right? We thought quite hard about the sort of stuff that we wanted to put on there. But we also wanted to actually use each of those portfolio pieces to tell a little bit of a story about the experience through the project. You know, why we did certain things. Uh, what was the process that we, that we used? Um, and we actually got an email from a client today um, who we're going we're gonna to start doing some work for them in January. These these are the these are the ladies that um, are going to send me to Iraq. <laughs> I think I've heard your tweets about that. I read Baghdad. Yeah, I'm you know, I'm really looking forward to it. It's not 100 <laughs> percent confirmed yet, but I hope it I hope it will be. And they, they wrote to us today and said, "Oh no, we 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 took a look at the new site this week, and one of the things that we liked is now we can un- now we can understand that when we start talking about our own branding, you're going to be asking us these questions, and I can see why those why this process is going to work for us coming up with the personality of the brand and all that kind of stuff." Right. Yeah. So I think that's one of the things that we wanted to do is to tell much more of the story of of how and why rather than just saying, you know, we make websites and we do e-commerce and, you know, all this kind of stuff, right. which is where, where a lot of people finish off. And that's one of the things that we said to our friend the other day is try to, try to think about why somebody would want to use you rather than the guy down the road. Um, and not just about the fact that it's because 
you know, you've had a lot of experience in, you know, doing a certain thing, you know, just cause you, you know, just cause you write PHP doesn't mean to say that they should, you know, hire you. Yeah, exactly. I'm, um, I'm always amazed like how, when I, you know, working with clients, same things that seem very obvious to me, like, well, you know, I do some work, I, I do some sketches, I, I, I show them to the client, we talk about them, and then I go back, I do revisions, and then I kind of do the final. That process seems very like normal to me. And it's, and I'd always think like, well, everybody knows that's how you do, that's how you work with an illustrator. But I'm always amazed how much, how, how that question always comes up. You know, like, what now, now when I hire you, do you just go in your cave and then pop up the final thing and then hopefully I like it? And like, no, we talk about it. We really, you know, we, we kind of make it our own. Like, you know, it's, it's as much as you, it is as it is me. So and I guess that kind of goes into the whole story thing. And, and people that follow me on like Instagram and Twitter, I think they kind of know that going in. But I wanted to t- sort of do things slightly differently in that I think that we've got a process that makes it really fun to work on projects and you know we you know we 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 do some good stuff and i wanted to sort of explain how that happened through these portfolio pieces and that's something which a lot of people you know maybe they've had a web project done before and they've had you know everybody's had a bad experience haven't they right yeah you you hear it all the time it's that's one of the reasons why people change designers so often is because Um, yeah, not everything that we do is, you know, is bang on, but you know, we try and, you know, that's one of the things we wanted to do is to you know explain what the potential differences might be and say, you know, this, this, this makes us different from, you know, the guy that you worked with last time. And hopefully, you know, you're going to have a lot more fun and we're going to, you know, we're going to do something nice at the end of it, but showing off the workings out. I really love that. I think people really get into that, you know, especially with your stuff, you know, seeing all the sketches. I love posting, you know, when I do my blog posts about, you know, how we ended up with the, with the new header. Right, yeah. I know it probably says in your contract that I shouldn't show those things, but no, just, just about the last time. <laughs> no, I yeah, I mean, I, I I'm amazed how how helpful those posts when I post you know sketches and things like that. Kind of going back to what I was saying before, you know, it's like wow, people are just wow, this is so helpful. When I point them to a blog post I've done a similar work in the past, like this is kind of how it's what to expect in the process and stuff like that, and. And I'll also, when I send them a sketch, I'll, a lot of times I'll actually remind them, like, by sending them a link again to previous work that I've done. Like, this is the kind of the before and after, so it kind of helps build their imagination a bit. But that's the brand, though. You know, when I'm talking about personal branding, yeah, that, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about, you know, what your logo looks like. I'm thinking about all of that stuff that you just said. You know, it's the whole... Um, experience of working with you that's that's the brand right right. and yeah the fact that you're reminding people and you know you're sending them links to things and you know explaining the process you know hopefully making them feel comfortable about it that all goes towards the branding you know it goes i mean i suppose you call it user experience as well but you know to me it's branding it's the fact that you know people come away from looking at your website feeling comfortable you know not feeling confused because you know if they come away feeling confused (laughs) if <laughs> they've worked with you it doesn't say much well yeah i think that everybody has a brand every company has a brand whether you intentionally developed it or not um you know everybody has i mean even if you're an employee you have a brand to your employer you know just like your credibility your integrity and everything like that just the experience you know and you can either you can intention you can make that intentional or you can just kind of make it not intentional, I guess, and make and 
Well, I was talking about this with James Young a few weeks ago um, about whether or not we were going to put some request for proposal document or request for proposal form on the website. You know, when somebody comes in with it with a new inquiry, you know, what are we going to do to gather information from them so that, you know, maybe we can get an idea as to what they're after and, you know, a little heads up anyway, before, before we speak to them, James's company, they just have like a really simple form and it's like, get in touch with us, you know, one big text area where people can just type in whatever they like, rather than doing the thing where, you know, it's like a structured questionnaire or interview. Yeah. I mean, I have one of those on my websites. I know. I'm looking at it now, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Just looking at the contact thing. And I actually did this. Sorry to any of my local local competitors if you find a load of crap in your inbox. But <laughs> I was really fascinated at what would happen if I filled in that form. And you know, you've this is and this is where I think people kind of undersell themselves sometimes too. And we haven't got it right on the new site yet, but it's something I want to work on over the next couple of weeks is you hopefully do a really good job of introducing yourself and showing off all this wonderful work and telling people that you're going to do amazing work for them. And then you point them to a form where they fill in, you know, name, email address, you know, maybe a couple of other questions. And then you push the button. And I tell you what, without any exception, every single one of the like 20 forms I filled in this week, Uh when I, when I hit the button, all I got was this, was the page come back to me saying, thanks for your inquiry. You know, we've probably got your email. Um, We'll come back to you as soon as we can. And I'm like, Oh, what a letdown. <laughs> is, that, is that it? Yeah, you've built I think, up. I think mine does that. I, I don't know. I... And I was just thinking, how can we improve this? One of the things that we've done on, on the stuff site, which is, I mean, it's, it's the first step in what I hope will be a much, much better experience, is we've basically said, you know, well, thanks for, you know, thanks for getting in touch. While you're waiting for us to come back to you, here's a PDF of explaining what it's like to work with, with stuff and nonsense. And it basically explains our our design process. It just gives like them something a you know, yeah. little bit little bit to read. And then I think, you know, what could you do, Josh? You know, what could you do when somebody pushes the button? You know, what's the thing that comes back It'd on be like screen? A funny gif of a cat dancing or something. <laughs> I don't know. It's got to be something that, again, it kind of plays into that brand. Yeah, and I think. Um... It's you know I've 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 heard of other illustrators doing the PDF route too to success and um, that's something that I've actually kind of in the process of working out just how it's it's so hard with illustration every project is so different and it's hard to like distill it down to to um, common and I think basically you know it's the sketching and the the it's the collaboration is kind of the the unifying factor but yeah it's kind of the same thing and you know maybe pointing them to blog posts or something like that. Yeah, it's it, but it's amazing. Like, I think probably 30% of the people that, the inquiries I get are just people that just email me um, just through the website. Maybe another 30 is through the general, I have a general form that's more of just like, some people just like filling out forms, I think, because my email's right there. My email address is right on top of it that says you can email me. Or if you want to fill out this form, fill it out. I like the fact that you've actually mentioned fax here. And then you said, <laughs> it's 2013, I don't have a fax machine. Email me a PDF. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, well, see, I think I have two forms on my website. I think I have a more general, just like general inquiry. But then I have one that has more questions on it. Well, one of the other, one of the other things that I've realized in thinking about this is... 
in Expression Engine, which is the CMS that I use for this particular site. I mean, I was thinking about moving the thing to Perch, but we just we could just never have done that in the eight days that we had to, you know, do the design of the build. But in Expression Engine, you've got all of your main page templates, which are generally accessible through the sort of the, the CMS system. And then you've got other templates around the site, including the thank you templates. And I'm sure you can set them up in a different way, but you've got what, I don't know, almost kind of system templates. Right. And the the thing to do um, generally, the generally things that I mean, I've done in the past a million times is you just use one of these generic templates with a little thank you message in there. And it's like, uh-huh. And it's still got, it's still got all of the usual site furniture, just you know, like yours. It's got all of the, you know, the main navigation left and right and on the top and all that stuff. And I'm actually thinking, God, this could be, I'm thinking about this over the last week. This could be the last page of your website that somebody ever sees, right? Because, you know, maybe you sold them well and they were interested, but then you have a conversation on the phone and, they think you're a jerk. <laughs> Happens, trust me. Um, or, you know, you're way too expensive or there's some kind of mismatch anyway and you never actually end up, you know, working with them. But if the last page that they ever see is, you know, one of these system templates, then, you know, well, man, we should go out with a bang, right? Oh, yeah. So I'm actually thinking that I'm going to replace my thank you template. I might even try and get it done this week with something which is, you know, I'm just making this up as I go along. Maybe it's a full page use of the apes. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's just something which is like, boom. You know, maybe it's one of the gorillas, but, you know, really huge. And that's all you see on screen. Something just so bold and so um, hopefully memorable that people are going to go, oh, hello. <laughs> yeah, well, that's where the, that's where the, that's where the dancing kitty comes into play. Yeah, but you don't see people doing it so much, and I, I just wonder why. But it's 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 things that you really don't think about. I mean, you know, everyone thinks about their homepage. Everyone thinks about you know their their blog pages and their you know just different pages in their website. But those kind of those fringe pages are are always the last you think about. Like the even the four hundred fours, right? I mean, those are like awesome opportunities for something like that as well. You know, I mean, you know, you can have the, you know, you have one of the apes with a magnifying glass looking, you know. Or, yeah, people, people had a bit of a, um, a play with 404s, didn't they, over the last few years? Right. Yeah, they've kind of become a thing. Like, there's probably whole sites devo- devoted to them. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, sometimes people get a little bit too clever, I suppose, and or try to and. If I'm lost on a site or I haven't found something that I'm looking for, that's not the that's not the time when I want to be entertained. <laughs> well, actually, I don't know if I agree. I mean, if you're if you're like you know you go to a four four you go to something that's you know that's lost or something you, know, you try to you're find trying to find a page and it's just it's not there and you kind of got that frustrated feeling. Sometimes a funny image can kind of pop you right back into the right frame of mind, right? Um, I think if it's appropriate, yeah. Right. But yeah, you're right. It has to be useful. Um, I had on the old one, um, on the old 404, because mine, mine's just, it's not a generic 404, but it's, I, I'm just, you know, I've tried to be a little bit clever with the title. And then basically I say, you know, the page you're looking for isn't here, blah, 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 blah. And then I give some links to the most commonly used pages, right? Right. And um, in the previous version, I said this is likely because you mistyped a URL, you followed an out of date link, or you're a doofus. 
<laughs> and I actually did have some guy tell, uh, telling me off on Twitter. This was only literally about three or four weeks ago. Um, and he said, yeah, this is the only time that I've been insulted on a 404 page. And half, <laughs> half of me was like, oh, I just get a life. <laughs> um, or a sense of humor. And then the other part, we thought, well, actually, no, there is a serious part about that. You know, especially if we're going to be moving URLs around and, you know, there might be a few people stumbling into a, you know, in, into a, a 404. Yeah. Let's try and be a bit, a little bit helpful. I can kind of see both ways. I have, I mean, my, my 404, it's just a, it goes, yeah, there's some portfolio links and it just says, looks like something got lost. And then there's a search thing at the bottom, probably it needs to be a little more prominent, but so it is useful. Um, you know, I'm not trying to be too clever, but I've seen some clever ones. I think if done well, you know, you can make the 404 page really yeah. not just useful, but just, just that, you know, cause you're a lot of times the 404, 404 page may also be the last page. I hope that we've struck the right balance because we've got, we're going to live with this, this apes header for another six months. <laughs> so expect an email in what three months time. Sure. Probably. And we'll, we'll do something. We'll, whatever that, and we get, you set yourself, we set ourselves up really for a, a challenge that we can't win. Cause I think we're going to have to try to keep upping our game. I found a really, there's a really funny header the other day I found. I need to send you a link. The problem is it was in flash. Well, that's okay. But, uh, yeah, I'll have to send you a link to it. There's this where you just press, there's all the, there's these donuts, this illustration of these donuts and, um, and this juice and basically like a counter and you just press these donuts and they make these funny little voices and things like that. And I think they're all from different, uh, different pop culture references. Like one was from breaking bad. One was, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll send you a link. Might give you some ideas. I just wanted to do something which was different and I wanted, you know, without kind of being clever or, or too clever, you know, without trying to be, pretentious i just wanted to say in some way that it's different you know just something that kind of sets sets the site apart from you know maybe maybe some other people <laughs> um, and, and and i think that i think that we've done that so i'm not going to stop though i'm just gonna now that we've got the new framework um and we've got the new implementation in the cms and i've made things a lot simpler to edit now i'm going to keep you know, incrementally making it better. It's something that we didn't do. You know, usually it's kind of set and forget for a year. But I'm I'm going to stay, and and I'm I'm going to keep working on all the aspects, particularly like the you know the the, the experienced branding side of things. Um, I think we might even spend some time this week actually just going through some of that stuff because you know that's that's money well spent, isn't it? It's time oh yeah, if we yeah, spend, definitely. If we just spend an you know, an afternoon um, improving, if we get one customer, one new customer. Um, based on the fact that they liked something really, you know, they, they liked it a lot, then yeah, then it's good business. Oh, definitely, yeah. We should wrap things up. Yes, I, I tell you go. what. Oh, before we do, before we go, um, I just want to mention that this year's Net Awards. <laughs> <laughs> sneaking this in, they're looking for nominations, right? Now, in, in the past. I've done absolutely everything that I could not to get nominated. Um, or I asked people not to vote for me. <laughs> no, seriously, I got, I got nominated as designer of the year, uh, a couple of years ago. And I, do you know what? I mean, in all honesty, I had done absolutely nothing to deserve it. 
um, that year anyway, you know, maybe past past experience or something, but you know, I, I didn't feel that I wanted to, you know, stand. I didn't want even want to like people to go, oh, well, what has he done this year? Right. So I just didn't want it. So I just, I just asked people to vote for Sarah Parmenta <laughs> and she won, which is great. Um, this year though, podcast of the year, just saying, <laughs> I think we deserve it. Don't you? Oh yeah. There's not a lot of competition, obviously. None of that. None, you know, happy Monday. Nah, doesn't stand a chance. <laughs> Big web show. Who is that Zeldman guy? Anyway, can't think of any other podcasts. Can you? Uh-uh. Nope. No, nothing, not, nothing not of one. significance. Freel- freelance web? Nah, amateurs. No, <laughs> <laughs> no not really. So, <laughs> in all seriousness, if you want to say thank you for the time that we spend doing the show every week, please nominate us. It's uh, thenetawards.com. That'd be really good. I'd appreciate that. <laughs> and agency of the year and redesign of the year. That'd be lovely as well, wouldn't it? Jeez, I mean, we don't have a podcast and not be able to like plug our own stuff. Oh, well, <laughs> that's that's one of the perks, right? Having a platform. Exactly. So yeah, that'd be lovely. Thenetawards.com. I'd appreciate that. All right. We better go. You've got stuff to do. So you can follow Josh on Twitter at Josh Cleland. Yep. Or me at Malarkey. All the links that we mentioned in the episode are in our show notes. You can find them at unfinished.bz slash 48. God, I can't think of it. Episode 48. Wow, it's nearly 50. Did you expect this, it to last this long, or did you just go in it with un, without expectations? I didn't know how long it would last, yeah. um, but I'm glad that we've made it this far, and we've got some good stuff coming up in the new year, which we'll talk about in a week or two, and we've got some Christmas fun coming up again, which uh, which we'll talk about, obviously, you know, near Christmas. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm really glad that we're still doing it, and I'm going to carry on doing it in the new year. We've got, um, we've got a bunch of sponsors and um, lots of good people to to talk to you included next year yes um i want to do i want to have a smaller pool of more regular people that are going to come on the show um rather than you know rather than you know have lots of different people coming on all the time um just just so that people can get to know us a little bit better and you know we can develop a conversation over time rather than it being you know just like a one-off thing right right because i'm sure there'll be things like i'll just more to say about branding. Oh, I wish I would have said that, you know, that type of thing. And so maybe we can revisit later. I think people are going to like that. So that's what, that's what we're going to do. So you can ask questions or suggest topics, um, mention, uh, message the show on Twitter at unfinished BZ, or you can email me. He has at unfinished BZ. Thanks again to our sponsors this week. That's device lab. Go and buy one of their lovely desires, device lab, um, doofus and, uh, and put it on your desk. 